What's good, everyone? My name is Danny, Danny Watson, and this is the second episode of The Good Talk, where we sit down with good people to get good advice. I'm just waiting on Ryan to come in, and it seems like he has, so give me a second. Hey! Yo, hey, Ryan, how's it going? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. You know, trying to stay sane through everything that's going on. Totally. I, this is wild right now. And I also have a confession. This is my first ever Instagram live. So really? Yeah. Like, I mean, hey, I'm happy the good, <laughs> the good advice was able to take advantage of that, honestly. Um, oh, so everybody. I'm pretty sure I'm <laughs> waiting for everybody to get on. Um, so I'll do the, the intro. Um, what's up, everyone? My name is Danny. Um, this is the good talk where we sit down with good people to get good advice. Um, and really what this is for is to get a deep dive into someone's industry to get an understanding of what they do, how they uh, got to where they're at, and um, what they do to become so successful. Uh, and, and today we have Ryan Jenkins, and um, we can jump right into it. Um, Ryan, how about you introduce us who Ryan Jenkins is? Oh, man. Um, that's kind of a big question because I honestly am trying to figure that out myself right now in life. <laughs> um, but it's just kind of, that's just how it goes. But um, I'm Ryan. Um, I am 24, and I'm a news reporter that currently is working in uh, the Milwaukee market. Uh, moved here four months ago, and um, really love my job. I work for TMJ4, which is the NBC affiliate here in Milwaukee, and um, wake up super early in the morning to be part of the morning show. So. Um, Every morning, it's just kind of that fresh start on the day, that fresh start on the news, um, and that's just what I do. Okay, hey, that sounds honestly pretty exciting. I mean, getting up every morning to be able to get out on the streets, I think that's, yeah. you're, you're really the first front lines when it comes to all of it, right? Well, I mean, it's exciting because you are able to share kind of what a lot of um, the frontline people in the community are doing mm -hmm. over and when you are sleeping, there's like a whole group of people, police officers and paramedics and firefighters and, um, you know, all types of people who are working overnight through the night on different situations that are happening in your neighborhood. Um, and a lot of times we get to be kind of the first, um, first page in kind of sharing that with the rest of the neighborhood when people are waking up, um, whether it's getting people sent to head out the door or maybe it's updating people on what happened, you know, after they went to bed last night. And sometimes it's bad. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so let's actually rewind a little bit and kind of get to, you know, before your career. Kind of get, tell me um, what inspired you to become a reporter? What inspired you to go into journalism, communication? Was it a class in college or was it more of a, a pre-notion when you were a child? I remember being extremely young, probably like four or five years old, and always wanting to watch the news. Um, mm -hmm. Not really understanding like what was happening on the news or that like being a reporter was actually an obtainable job at that point. But um, just kind of just it uh, fulfilled my curiosity in a lot of the sense. Um, and I just thought it was an interesting industry. I didn't know anything about it, though. Um, but I knew I loved it. And through middle school probably like sixth grade through middle school, I remember waking up like before school at 6.30 and turning on the local news and watching like the morning program and then watching, um, you know, the first piece of what was happening on the Today Show and being so impressed by all the 
action that was happening in the industry, but also just the fact that I was learning about what was happening in the world. Um, both of those things really pulled me in. And then yeah. when I went, um, you know, to high school, I actually attended a high school that was really focused um, on, I guess, training students on videography and editing and, and sound engineering and all of the pieces to the puzzle of being in the journalism industry or for some people in the film industry. But I went to Beacon Academy, which is um, part of South Elgin High School, U46. It's uh, Shout out. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a unique experience because I started younger learning about the foundations of media and different platforms and how to shift to different pieces of the industry um, mm -hmm. as early as, you know, my freshman year at high school. That's when I fell in love with the idea of, you know, becoming a reporter. Gotcha. So coming out of college, um, how did, how were you able to obtain the gig that you did at the local station in the Quad Cities? It all started when I was actually going into college. Um, Augustana uh, had a journalism program that I was interested in. Um, mm -hmm. And I was very interested in attending the college itself. And I went to one of their visit days. It begins with A, and there was a panel of alum who were up on the stage. And one of the people on the stage um, was Angie Sharp. And she is a news anchor in the Quad Cities at WQAD. And she kind of told her story at the time, you know, being a reporter and weekend anchor and whatnot. And I remember being so impressed that somebody came out of Augustana and and became exactly what I wanted to be like. And so mm -hmm. I approached her that day and asked for her card. And um, from really that moment to today, she has been an amazing mentor to, to me. Um, she helped me land internships. She gave me advice along the way. Um, and eventually I ended up being a morning reporter when she was the morning anchor. And she still is the morning anchor at WQAD. Um, gotcha. And working, you know, that closely with a mentor, it, it really helps. So coming out of college, I was in a position at WQAD and was able to to make that jump. Um, part of it was timing, and part of it was I had that connection. I worked hard through college um, to get to that point. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that seems exciting. I mean, from the jump, it seems like. <laughs> reporting has been kind of your niche or kind of has been your calling. And I think that's pretty amazing that you've honed into it for so long and were able to, you know, accomplish that for you. Um, and I guess the next thing is it, it's a good um, transition is going out to Milwaukee. How did that all happen? And kind of share with me that experience, what it took to, you know, be able to pick up your life and move it somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. This It was it was a, a big jump for me um, because, you know, WQAD, they were like, you know, family to me because through mm -hmm. college and through the first part of my career, I mean, those are my people. Um, and they, they really helped. They taught me a lot and helped me along the way. So um, I got to a point in my career, though, where I had a contract that was ending um, and, and knew that there were different parts of the industry and of my own, I guess, um, understanding of the industry and understanding of journalism that I wanted to grow in. Um, and so started job hunting in different places, you know, around the country and eventually um, connected with TMJ4. And um, there was so much intention to the content that was happening and that was coming out of that station. And 
everybody was so friendly and welcoming and it, it felt like the best move for me at, the, at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't regretted it since. I mean, I, I absolutely love living in Milwaukee, meeting Milwaukee's people, telling Milwaukee stories. Um, but it was a little scary because when I graduated college, I stayed in the Quad Cities and mm-hmm. still had the understanding of the community. So this was the first time as a big kid that I was moving you know, out of um, something that felt safe to me and, and felt like home to me. Um, yeah. And it was like, okay, I got to start over. But I know for me, I was so lucky because Nick, my boyfriend, moved with me. And that was um, a, huge, a huge move for both of us because he's from the Quad Cities. His family's mm-hmm. in the Quad Cities. Um, and that, I mean, that is such a huge chunk of our life that we were moving away from, but we also had each other to kind of lean on in that. So I was really grateful for that. Um, and from there, it was just like the challenges of like finding a place to live, what neighborhoods are the neighborhoods that you want to live in, um, why, you know, trying to meet people, trying to make new friends, all of that has been challenging, especially now with like, oh yeah, coronavirus can't go out and meet people so it's been kind of a tough transition in that sense but at the same time it's just been so refreshing to i guess you know my my professional side and my personal side of my life gotcha so how long have you been in milwaukee you said about four months i moved in january gotcha so i guess we can you know ask you for some good advice on this because i know me and my um fiance Taina, we actually moved out to New York for about a year. And uh, the biggest part was really getting acclimated into the area. So do you have any advice for me as well as everybody else um, on things to do when you move into a new area that you're just not aware of? Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, what would make my advice credible? Because I really, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way to move to a new city. It's mm-hmm. going to be challenging. The challenges could be different for every city, for every person, for every personality type. Like, I think what I've learned, though, over the last couple months is that there's not a right way or a wrong way to move to a new city. Um, and I think it's important to give yourself space and know you're not just going to jump in and know where you're going all the time or mm-hmm. you know, know where the best restaurants are. Venture out of your comfort zone. I had you know, co-workers who were like, try this on the south side, try this on the north side, try this you know, in the suburbs, I mean, explore and have fun doing it and know that it's not always going to be easy. Um, don't expect it to be easy, but that's part of the fun of it. That's part of the adventure of moving to your city. And along the way, you meet so many incredible people and you see so many incredible stories and just the history of different neighborhoods. It's interesting. So just take advantage of being in that moment it would be my advice and just Go for it. Absolutely. Some good, some, that's some good advice, honestly. Um, so tell me, and we can actually go into a little more detail about the day-to-day, um, kind of the groundwork that you do. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the day-to-day um, interactions that you have on the job, especially everything going on now with COVID-19 um, being as big as it is right now? Sure. I mean, you know, being a reporter, there's no day that feels routine even though there is routine built into your day. So, like, I work basically 3.30 in the morning until around 1.30 in the afternoon right now. Um, And, you know, when I wake up at 3.30, it's a lot of script writing, trying to understand information, um, and then, you know, take that on 
air and share it with the community so that people know what they're doing when they're starting their day. Um, it's challenging to process all of the information that's coming out constantly about the coronavirus. Like you go to bed, you wake yeah. up, there's new things happening. That's a challenge that everybody is dealing with right now. Um, but as a reporter, it's kind of a unique challenge in the sense that every day is very different for me. So like, you know, I will wake up and there's something new to me and then people are waking up and getting something new from me, back mm -hmm. from, from me. And that, that can be kind of scary and challenging because you are doing your best to work through it and understand it. And I think a lot of people really have a vague um, understanding of who your local reporter is and mm -hmm. what we do and what our intentions are. Um, I would really highly recommend everybody go out and find, you know, a news station that works for you and local reporters that you can trust and then start to try to understand who the local reporters are because we're probably a lot different than what you initially expect us to be um, and we can probably go on, go beyond your expectations of what the news is if you actually build a relationship with your local reporter. Um, when it comes to COVID-19, to go back to your question, I think every day is so fast-paced that it can mm -hmm. be exhausting to deal with everything we're dealing with right now. Um, and for me, just focusing on the facts and taking care of one day, one story at a time is what's working. Um, there's routine in the sense that I work the same hours and I'm you know, working with similar people. But at the same time, like, you know, a lot of us are working remotely right now. We're trying yeah. to make sense of the world around us ourselves while also help make sense of the world around everybody, you know, for the community. So, mm -hmm. And I don't think people really understand that, that the reporters, even though they are out in the field reporting on everything, it's new to them as well. This is brand new. And we're just, excuse me, you're just the people who are reporting it out to us to make sure, you know, we are informed. Um, and going into the and next I think part, also, you know, I, I just want to say, like, I think it's also important for us to know that, like, it's our job to make sense of that information. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's not, it's not that it's a burden to share and learn and try to understand and make sense of that information. It's just a challenge that, you know, we're all, living through as journalists as well. That's so it's right. like, it's, if that's anything, it's really an honor to get to do our homework and try to make sense of all this. Like, that's where the passion lies. But mm -hmm. also, you know, you're sharing it with, you know, the public and there's people who maybe, you know, don't understand your intentions or understand where you're coming from. And gotcha. Gotcha. So you, you strive to, you know, put out the most current information all the time, but as well as putting it out accurately. You kind right. of touched a little bit on that right now. So um, with all the misinformation happening right now, how do you sort yourself through it all? Um, some of the things being said maybe up in the White House and maybe some things being said in Facebook posts that spreads across social media. Um, what do you have to say about all of this misinformation going on? I mean... There's always going to be misinformation out there, and I think, you know, fight misinformation, and mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, all that I can do as a journalist is chase the facts. 
So I think at the end of the day, it kind of goes back to know where your stories are coming from, where your facts are coming from, understand who your local reporter is and what their intentions are, and just pay attention and do mm-hmm. some thinking. You know, when you read a news article, sit there and just think about it and try to understand it. Instead of having, you know, that initial reaction when you see a headline, click into the story, read the story, listen to what the report says, um, and just make sense of it and know who your sources are. And at the end of the day, you know, there's factual information, there's misinformation, there's information that, you know, there's a gray zone in between and the lines blur. Um, Mm -hmm. All you can do is seek the facts and try to understand where those facts are coming from and make sense of the world around you. Makes sense. Okay. So um, I know we've been talking about um, all the misinformation and the you being out in the front lines, really getting an understanding of what's going on and being able to record it um, accurately and on time, basically make it uh, basically current news. Um, I kind of want to go a little lighthearted now. Um, we've all been stuck in co- co- um, quarantine for three months now, I think, two, three months. Um, so what have you been doing to kind of keep yourself busy, keep your mind going as we're stuck inside? Eating a lot of junk food. <laughs> Um, I recently, my parents actually gave us bikes that they weren't using and they're like super nice bikes. So I've been bike riding um, a bunch, which has actually been a really cool way just because we actually live by a bike trail that goes along Mm -hmm. the front in Milwaukee. And, um, you know, we just get out there for, you know, hours at a time and ride around. I mean, I don't know. There's not much to do. It's like (laughs) exciting when you get to go to the grocery store, but also kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. That is really true. We started like trying to go to different neighborhoods. And this goes back to like venturing out of the comfort zone, living in a new city. Because we moved here. We didn't even get to find a favorite restaurant yet or find a favorite bar yet before, you know, things started closing down. Um, Mm -hmm. So we've been like ordering out from different local restaurants and different neighborhoods and just trying to do anything we can to get outside and stay active and, I don't know, stay social. And mm-hmm. when possible. I it's think the crazy. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I was just saying it's been challenging. <laughs> I gotcha. I think just being inside, it really puts into focus what's important. You know, people in front of you, the people that you care about, the people that you love, because those are the people that you're reaching out to to see what's going on and seeing how they're doing. So I think that's been an honestly blessing with everything going on. There's always a silver lining to everything so i want people to start thinking start thinking you know um start thinking about the good things that are happening from this unfortunately there are a lot of bad things and i'm praying um for everybody to be good and uh safe basically so um i just want people to you know start being positive and don't be so scared about what's going on because information is out there for us to understand information is out there for us to read and the more informed we are the better decisions we can make down the line so yeah um, i mean i definitely think it's just it's so important like there's so many people who are talking about how often they're like facetiming their parents or their families mm -hmm. or maybe they're at home with their families more than they would have been and it's like i hope you know when all this goes away people remember that you need to take time to call your mom and you know, <laughs> nurse. Like there doesn't have to be a pandemic to say thank you to a nurse, you know, and I just, it's, it's, I hope that that can stick around. Absolutely. Um, so 
we get to the point now in this interview where you know, I'm going to ask you a bold prediction. And the bold prediction is going to be COVID-19 related as well. But after everything passes over, what do you think will change in society? I don't know. Like, did you, and this is something like you gave me a heads up that, you know, this was something that would be part of this. I don't mm-hmm. know if I have an answer to that. Like, I don't know what will change. I don't know what I think will change. All I know is that I hope people, like I just said, take time to slow down and understand where their information is coming from. Call their mom, like thank doctors, thank nurses. I think it just goes back to, you know, there's such importance in community, local mm-hmm. community, um, and just being together and being united. There's a there's a huge power in that, and I hope that we can begin to seek that at an even deeper level than maybe we already were. You know what? I love that, Ryan. I always love positivity. I always love pushing people pushing the good word, honestly. Yeah. Um, so you've been giving us jam packs of good advice. Um, but, you know, at the end of the interview, I ask our special guest to give us a signature good advice that you would want to give to me and everybody else in the crowd. So um, what is some good advice, signature good advice from Ryan Jenkins to me and the rest of the world? Uh, you know, I think everybody in the world is kind of like in their own chapter in life. And I think there is a lot of power and just understanding that your chapter can be different from someone else's. And, you know, if you can pay attention to the intention you're putting towards your own life, I think that there's a lot of payoff there. You can be proud of how hard you're working. You can be scared of moving to a new community. You can, you know, be in love. You can do whatever you want to do in that moment in life. And as long as your intentions are good and pure, you're going to be successful because you're doing what's right for yourself and you're doing what's right for the people in the community around you if you're taking care of that. So work hard, be proud of where you're at in your life and who you are. And I think also just like notice the small moments and pay attention to the world around you. And I don't know, just be practical in critiquing yourself. Be intentional critiquing yourself. Well, guys, you heard it here first. Ryan Jenkins, I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, to give us some good knowledge, some good advice. um, And hopefully we can have you back soon. Yeah, anytime. This is super fun. And like I said, this is my first time ever on Instagram Live, which is kind of which is kind of cool. Um, and this and I don't know, I really like the fact that you guys are, you know, so incredibly focused on, you know, finding ways to connect with people right now. So Absolutely. It's the best way we can do it. Try to reach out, try to connect, try to inform. That's the best yes. best advice we can give, right? I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Appreciate it, Ryan. You take care. Have a great weekend. Bye, guys. Thanks. <clears throat> so, hope every guy, everybody enjoyed it. Um, that was the second episode of the Good Talk. You can follow us at Good Advice Management, um, and we do this every week at five, Friday at five. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in.